The Adam Crowley Show. Oh, I give up, man. If you're not going to be honest about it, I give. John, my nipple, looks like, my nipple looks like my cat, like, a, like my cat's nipple. <laughs> Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. It is the Bud Light Happy Hour here at the Carson City Saloon from 6 until, what, 6.45 today as we're dipping out early. So I suppose it's the Bud Light Happy 45 minutes. Troy Apke, he can run, run. He ran a 4.35.40 at the NFL Combine. He joins me now to kick things off at the Bud Light Happy Hour. And, Troy, thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you for having me. Troy, do you bring your lunch pail to work every day? <laughs> I tried to. <laughs> when you got invited to the combine, what were you thinking? What was going through your mind, and how did you think you were going to show out? Uh, I was excited, obviously. Um, you know, that was a dream come true for me to get that invitation to that. And you know, I knew I was going to do good in all the um, all the athletic drills, like the three cone shadow, the forty, uh, the L drill, things like that. Um, I kind of just wanted to show them, you know, my abilities, and you know, I think I did. What's your reaction to Deion Sanders making you kind of go viral? Obviously, I'm sure you'd want to go viral just based solely on your performance, but it doesn't hurt to now have it pushed out everywhere because Deion was so surprised. Oh, yeah, you know, Deion's one of the greatest to ever do it. Um, you know, it was an honor getting acknowledged by him. Uh, you know, I did, actually didn't even know what I ran because uh, they don't put it on the board there, so I was just walking back, and Dion was walking towards me, and, you know, he was all happy about my run, and I was—I didn't know what I ran yet. So I'm gonna hug him. <laughs> Troy, when did you know you were fast? When was the first time you were like, "Holy hell, I'm smoking mfers out here"? Um, <laughs> I guess you know, uh, just growing up, um, playing football, playing other sports. You know, I was always the faster than other people, and that was one thing I had. Troy Apke joining me here, Mount Lebanon dude, and also from Penn State on the Crowley Show. Uh, are you a gym rat, Troy? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that's helped me a lot, um, you know, especially at Penn State. Uh, when I got up there, I think I was 170. Um, I got up to 200 pounds, you know, 200 pounds at the combine. So, you know, being in the gym, lifting, you know, working out, you know, it's helped me a lot with my career. How much do you have to eat to gain 30 pounds and not look like I do if I gain 30 pounds? Uh, you gotta eat right, you know, healthy foods, things like that. Um, and you know, Penn State helped me out a lot with that. You film junkie, Troy? Uh, yeah. You know, I think I kind of got into that a lot this year, my senior year. Uh, it helps a lot. Uh, it makes you play faster uh, on the field, and I think it helped me this year. Troy Apke again joining me here on the Crowley Show. What teams did you talk to at the combine? Who showed interest? Um, I talked to a lot of teams actually. Um. You know, uh, they don't, you know, they just kind of want to get to know who you are. Uh, I guess it's not really showing interest. It's just, you know, knowing, figuring out what kind of person you are, you know, uh, knowing, to trying to show, I tried to show, you know, what I knew about, you know, the game of football and, you know, just trying to, I guess, sell yourself to them. Did you talk to the Steelers at all? I did talk to the Steelers. Who talked to you specifically? Uh, the defensive backs coach, um, Coach Bradley. Oh, of course, of course, Bradley talked. I should have known that. I mean, Penn State and Steelers connection, duh. 
Did you get asked anything weird, anything bizarre, anything off the wall? Because sometimes you hear uh, from players who say, yeah, I mean, they were they were real weird. Sometimes you get coaches staring at you for 15 minutes. Anything like that, anything odd happen at the combine? Uh, yeah, not really. You know, this is the last week, uh, week, or I guess it was the end of the week for them, too. You know, I think they were tired. Um, you know, it's a long weekend. And, you know, I think they're just trying to get as much information as they can from me. You know, and that was three days that I was there, four, three, four days that I was there. You want to be a Steeler, don't you? <laughs> I grew up a Steelers fan, you know. I wouldn't be mad about it. What if you were a Raven? How would you feel then, or a Brown or a Bengal? <laughs> I'd be fine going anywhere. Whoever wants me. New England? I mean, come on. You, you don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> they won't take you, though. They won't take you, though, for a very specific reason, Troy. You will not be a New England Patriot. That much I know <laughs> for sure. Uh, how do you spell Dion? Do you know how to spell Dion? Dion. <laughs> See, no one does. Oh, we've been talking about it a little. I did not know how to spell Dion Sanders until, you know, you actually made Dion more famous by running the 435 because I didn't know how to spell Dion until you did that. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> Do you have a great motor, Troy? Uh, Yeah, I got, during football, that's what I kind of try and play with. Um, You know, I kind of try and go 100% every play, and I think that what makes me better as a player. What was your favorite moment at Penn State? My favorite moment? Yeah. Um, I think it was my junior year. I think when we went to the Rose Bowl and had that run, you know, that was a bit, uh, big year for us. And, you know, I was happy about how we did. What about your low moment? The what? The moment that you thought, damn, this should have gone better, and I wish that it did go better. Um, You know, probably, you know, I'd said that run, you know, it was really good getting to the Rose Bowl, and probably, you know, that last second of the Rose Bowl game, you know, I was kind of uh, disappointed and, you know, losing that game. Have you ever tried to tackle Saquon Barkley? <laughs> I believe I have. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a different player, you know, but he makes everyone on our team. He made everyone on our team better, and it made our uh, team better in the end. Has he ever jumped over you? He has never jumped over me. Well, that's good. You should put that one right up there with the four three five forty. Is he the best athlete that you've ever been around? Uh, yeah, you know, he's probably one of the best athletes I've been around. You know, he's even, honestly, a better kid. Uh, the, you know, the things he does outside of football is amazing. So, you know, he made me better, a better player, a better person. Made our whole team a better team. Did you hang out with him at the Combine? Was there time for that even? Uh, I didn't see him there. I think he left before I got up there. No, oh, but he, he, he big-timed you. Day. He big-timed you, Troy. He didn't know you were going to run the four three five. He big-timed you. <laughs> That's funny, though. Are you scrappy, oh, yeah. Troy? Um, I mean, I guess you said. I mean, I have my, I play to my abilities. You know, I try and I uh, use my abilities the best um, on the field. You know, and I think I do a good job at that. You play the game the right way. I do. You think Pitt and Penn State should continue the rivalry? Uh, my dad actually played. At Pitt and Penn State, when uh, at Pitt when Penn State and Pitt was a big rivalry, so I kind of know more about it. But you know, yeah, I think they should uh, uh, in-state rivalry. You know, I think it was a good game both years, so I think they should keep doing it. Troy Apke joining me here on the Crowley Show. Last couple of things uh, with us. Uh, things have obviously gone swimmingly for you. I mean, you went to Mount Lebanon, tremendous high school. Uh, of course, I graduated there as well. So did producer Tom. Uh, so, uh, good life, good upbringing for you, Troy. 
Oh yeah, definitely. You know, I had a mother, father, um, two sisters, one brother. Um, you know, I, I look back on it. You know, they raised me right, um, and I'm, you know, can't thank them enough for doing that. Pets? Did you have pets? Say that again. Did you have any pets? Oh uh, yeah, growing up I had a dog, and that's it. Her name was Jenny. Jenny, I think you're someone I'd want my daughter to date, Troy. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, rapid, I appreciate that. Rap, rapid fire. You ready for some rapid fire? Go ahead. Can you outrun a black panther? Uh, probably not. An Asian elephant? Yeah, I hope so. An Indian Bengal tiger? Uh, a tiger? Oh, geez. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, last couple of things for real now uh, for Troy. What are you doing now between here and the draft? What's your game plan? What do you got to do? Uh, just keep training. Uh, I got pro day coming up on March 20th. So I'm going to get ready for that. Um, you know, for the drills that I'm going to do there. Uh, get ready for meeting teams that are coming up to watch my pro day. Have you heard and of that? After... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, that's good. You can keep going. No, you go. People don't want to hear me. <laughs> yeah, no, just get ready for pro day. And then after that, just keep working to the draft next thing. Uh, Troy, I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, so just a few more questions again uh, for, for real uh, this time. Troy Apke, Mount Lebanon, Penn State, uh, joining me here on the Crowley Show. Have you heard at all? Has there been any scuttlebutt about where you think you might go in the draft? Um, not really. Um, you know, I'm just going to you know keep working hard, you know, keep doing my thing, and then you know, I think everything will fall into place. Do you have a plan for draft day, party, anything like that? Uh, I'll probably uh, be in Pittsburgh with my family, just my mother, father, and siblings. And the host of the Crowley Show probably going to be there too. Uh, the whole the whole Crowley team from ESPN Pittsburgh. We all going to be there. Yeah, if you guys want to come, you can be there. <laughs> Troy, really appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much, uh, and best of luck to you. Seriously. Thank you. I appreciate that. Hey, take care of yourself. You too. Goodbye. Troy Apke, Mount Lebanon native. Penn State football player, four three five running combine participant. I like that guy. He gets the show, I think. Although I do think he missed all the white cliches as we went along in the interview. But he'll be fine. He's okay. He'll figure it out at some point. Braden says, I can tell you're hungover today because the energy difference between the interviews from yesterday and the whole show today is pretty big. Sounds like you're dragging pretty good today. Drink some coffee, man. Still a solid show, though. It's just that yesterday's show was hard to follow. Yesterday's show was the greatest show in the history of Crowley shows. So, yes, it was hard to follow. Coming up next, Josh Yowie of The Athletic to talk about the Penguins' first-round playoff matchup, who it could possibly be. And Evgeny Malkin is lighting the damn world on fire. It's a Crowley show. It is the Bud Light Happy Hour here on ESPN Pittsburgh. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. The Browns traded a couple of draft picks for Jarvis Landry earlier on today. And then they just dropped another hammer. The 74th pick in the draft going to Buffalo for Tyrod Taylor. So the Browns are, well, I mean, they're still the Browns. But we transition from that to the Penguins, who are playing good hockey now after a quick, brief losing streak. Evgeny Malkin playing the best hockey in the National Hockey League. Joining me now to discuss is my man, Josh Joey from The Athletic. Josh, how are you today? Well, I'm about as well as a guy can be when he's about to enter Buffalo. 
but I'm hanging in there. Did they get smoked with snow? Uh, yeah, there's so much snow. Going through Erie, there's so much snow, you can barely see signs for buildings or anything. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it looks like a different world, in fact. Please be careful, Yoey. We don't need to lose you out there. You know I will. You know I will. Going to lose Josh Yoey in the Great White North. Uh, Josh, I wrote a blog on ESPNPGH.com today talking about how I think that the Flyers are kind of frauds. Uh, they lost 10 games in a row at one point this season. They've really been buoyed by the loser point. If you just go by wins and losses, they're a 500 hockey club. I realize you can't do that, but that's the case whenever I'm cherry-picking some stuff. They're 12th in the league in goals scored, 13th in goals against. Their power play isn't particularly deadly, and their penalty kill is disastrous. I think they're a year ahead of schedule. That's a team that I really don't think I'd mind the Penguins playing in the first round now upon further review. No, of all the teams in the division that the Penguins could play, uh, they would be pretty high on the list of teams that should want to play. They're 3-0 and against the Flyers this season. And, you know, the Flyers just aren't that good on the back end, and their goaltending is pretty suspect. Peter Mrazek's okay. I, I can't imagine him beating the Penguins in four or seven games in the spring. Um, and, and you're right. Uh, listen, I'll give them some credit. They are certainly ahead of where I thought they would be this season. They are going to make the playoffs, and I, I certainly did not expect that before the season. But they certainly strike you as a one-and-done team. Uh, there are some flaws in that lineup, and you got the sense – really the last couple of times they played, but especially the other night in Philadelphia. Uh, when Crosby and Malkin are in the mood, when they really want to win a game, I don't think that team can slow them down. That was pretty evident. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Uh, if you say Philly is one of the teams atop the list, uh, how would you rank the remaining teams? As much as I think the Penguins would beat the Devils, that's probably the team I least want to see, just given the way they've given the Penguins trouble. Yeah, that's absolutely the team that would jump out at you. And listen, uh, people snicker at the Capitals, but let's not act like those series were blowouts the last two years. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that would still be a series, I assure you, although I would favor the Penguins. Uh, New Jersey is interesting, though. Uh, they can skate with the Penguins. They have a goaltender who is capable of stealing a game here and there, certainly. Uh, they've won a couple of games pretty handily against the Penguins this season, in fact. So that's the team you should be afraid of, and that's why the standings are so interesting right now. Jersey all of a sudden is in a little bit of a slump, and now they have the road trip from hell coming up. They have to go to Nashville, Vegas, the California swing, and then hit Pittsburgh at the end of that, and then they go home and play Tampa the next night. It's a brutal schedule they have coming up. The Blue Jackets are only one point behind them, and the Blue Jackets have an awful lot of Montreals and Rangers and Senators on their schedule. I would not be shocked at all if Columbus bypasses them, and that would mean if the Penguins win the division, and they very well may, could be facing uh, Mr. Cole and the Blue Jackets in the first round. How do you think that matchup would favor the Penguins? I don't think it would be a huge concern. I don't think Columbus is close to the team that it was last season, and uh, for whatever reason, the Penguins just own the goaltenders in this division, uh, in particular Bobrovsky, Lundqvist, and Holtby. Uh, those three guys just have horrendous numbers against these Penguins the last couple of seasons. So I, I think it would be a pretty comfortable matchup, honestly. Of all the teams in the division, uh, Jersey and Washington are the two that would scare you the most, I think. Josh Joey joining me from The Athletic here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Josh, are you going to tell your children about the night where you saw Josh Jorish, Jorish, Jor for the love of God, I can't even say his name, make his Penguins debut? 
you know, it's funny. I was standing in the locker room a few hours ago in Cranberry, and I mentioned to a colleague of mine, said, you know, I feel like a really bad beat writer because I don't know anything about this guy at all. <laughs> but, um, listen, maybe it's funny. Mike Sullivan was asked about him. Was basically, you know, was like, hey, Sully, tell us something about this guy. And, and the first thing that he mentioned, and the first thing Jim Rutherford said when I asked him why they acquired this guy, is a really good penalty killer. Uh, that, that's something they think he can really bring to the table. And that's never a bad thing. So, okay, that that's something. But I'll tell you, uh, the losses of Brian Rust and Dominic Simone, and in particular Rust, uh, that, that's no small deal. Uh, Brian Rust is a very important guy on this team. can play the left or right side. He can kill penalties. You can literally put him on any of the four lines and he'll be effective. So uh, this certainly is a loss. Yeah, it is a loss, no question about it. And I like the fact that Connor Sherry wound up on that top line. I think that that's probably the best case scenario for the Peng- uh, for the Penguins is to have him up there uh, because I think that's when he plays his best and he's not going to be a hole in the lineup then at that point. Um, but now the Penguins, it looks like they're really only going to be able to roll the three lines and that fourth line, Josh, is just kind of going to be the line where they store the penalty killers, right? It, it looks like Riley Shane's going to play the left wing on that third line. Uh, that's how it appears, absolutely. And they've used Shane on that third line on some occasions anyway with Kessel and Brassard, especially when they have a lead in the third period. Shane's such a good defensive player. Uh, you can tell that Sullivan is very comfortable having him there, which is fine. But, yeah, with these injuries in particular, the Penguins are absolutely a three-line team. And now more than ever, it really favors them when referees actually call a tight game. And, of course, they're not doing that with the exception of the game in Philly the other night. Uh, they want games to be special teams best. They have the best power play in the league. They have a very good penalty-killing unit. I think it's top ten now. And if you have a lot of special teams, yeah, it kind of covers up the fact that you can't really roll four lines the way some teams can. So the more penalties, the better for the Penguins right now, I would say. Josh Joey of The Athletic joining me here on the Crowley Show. Are we getting closer to seeing Matt Murray back in the lineup? It's tough to say. I mean, you know, he's skating every day, so that's obviously an encouraging sign. Um, you know, he could be back within a week. It certainly wouldn't surprise me. But with concussions, you never know. It's not the first concussion he's had. I, I don't know. You never know how many concussions a guy has had, really. But we know that he was diagnosed with one uh, in Philly in the last game of the regular season a couple of years ago. You'll recall he came back for game three against the Rangers about 10 days later. So he missed 10 days with that one. He's right around there now. Um, he's skating every day. So that obviously is encouraging, but uh, you never like to guess when a guy's coming back from that injury. No, and that's fair. Uh, Josh Yoey, the athletic, joining me here on the Crowley Show. Evgeny Malkin is insane right now. You can't tell me he's not the best player in hockey. You also can't convince me he's not going to catch Kucherov for the Art Ross Trophy. He's been that good uh, do you think he's motivated, Josh, by the fact that the national media didn't give him love? Uh, do you think that he's kind of got something stuck in his craw? Yeah, I think that's probably a, a fair thing to assume. Um, you never know what you know. He doesn't really let you inside. You, you know, he's never going to come out publicly, certainly, and say something like that. Even privately, he doesn't say things like that. But, yeah, I think it does aggravate him. Uh, I think we can agree he is the most underappreciated superstar of his time it's not in pittsburgh not in that locker room but around hockey yeah i think he really is i think he's a lot closer to one of the top 20 players of all time than he is one of the top 100 players of all time which of course he wasn't even voted in um i I don't know that we've ever seen him at this kind of form he's got 46 points in his last 26 games 
that's Mario stuff. That's Gretzky stuff. You don't see that in this era. Um, this is maybe the greatest hockey he's ever played. And the fact that he's not getting more MVP buzz is pretty disturbing to me because, uh, to me, it's a three-horse race between Malkin and Kucherov and Taylor Hall. And I'm not so sure Malkin's not the leader right now. In fact, I don't know how he couldn't be with what he's done during the last two months. Couldn't agree more, uh, Josh. Not just this year, but overall. You look at Evgeny Malkin as a better player than Alexander Ovechkin? Yeah, I, I mean, certainly a more well-rounded player. And I'll tell you, when you look at Malkin and Crosby and Ovechkin, I always say this about the three of them. When Malkin is at his absolute best, he's better than the other two because he can just physically do things because of a size that Crosby can't do, and he's just so much more well-rounded than Ovechkin. Um, now, I would say Crosby is at the height of his power on top of his game more frequently than Malkin. But when Malkin is on one of these binges like he's on right now, uh, there's nobody better, and that includes Ovechkin. How's he changed as a presence in the locker room, Josh? Uh, I recall early in his career, and look, a lot of this has to do with language, I'm sure, him not being the guy to stand up and talk. Now it seems like he's the guy who is willing to be critical to his teammates and to the club's play overall in the media, and he's always able to back it up. No, there's no question about that. In fact, I'll tell you a quick story from Boston last week that Craigland had that future game in Boston, and when the media walked in, the locker room was empty except for Sid. And uh, Jen Bellano, the head of media relations, that she will on occasion do when the team has a game like that. She'll go find the, uh, the guys with the letters on their sweaters and you know bring them out to talk to the media. And so Malkin and Latang came out, and Patrick Hornquist, himself a great leader, actually walked into the locker room and looked at Malkin and said, hey, Gino, you don't have to talk, I'll do it. And Malkin just put his hand up and basically said, go away, I'll take care of it. So, you know, he probably wouldn't have done that five years ago. But he, he is very comfortable in that role now. Um, when that team needs to be called out, really, he's the one that does it more than anyone else. And he always backs up his words, too. That's one thing about him. So uh, he has very much become a leader on that team, uh, there's no doubt. Really nice rebound from him. I like what I've seen. Since you're heading on up to Toronto, Josh, we'll get you one off the beaten path here. Uh, what are your five favorite places to go to cover a game? Uh, number one for me is Montreal, and I'll be there next week, in fact. Um, just a fabulous city. Um, my favorite building. Uh, everything about Montreal. Uh, you know, They're not ugly in Montreal, we'll say. <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's a lot going on in Montreal for people to like. Um, no, nah, it's just a great place, and uh, Vegas is obviously moving up on that list rapidly. Um, those are probably my two favorites right now. Uh, Nashville, wonderful place, uh, just a wonder, wonderful city on a Saturday night. You can't beat it. And uh, Denver is one of my favorite cities. I always enjoy the Avs games, and uh, Toronto's up there too. It's you know the Hockey Hall of Fame right down the street. You can't beat that. Josh, really good stuff, man. Uh, have fun up there in Toronto, and I uh, appreciate the time, buddy. All right, buddy, you got it. Josh Yoey from The Athletic there on the Crowley Show. 412-922-2874 is the number. Uh, one of the things we touched on there is Evgeny Malkin and his beastly performances of late. Uh, I think Evgeny Malkin's really got a good opportunity here if he wins the Art Ross Trophy to then win the Hart Trophy, which would give him two, and only five players in modern times have gotten the league's MVP uh, more than once. So 
that would be a surefire way to get into the Hall of Fame. Not that he's not going to get into the Hall of Fame. That's not an issue for Evgeny Malkin, but I do think it helps him get out of Sidney Crosby's shadow a little bit. I think it helps him get out of the shadow of Alexander Ovechkin a little bit, and I think it gives him the respect he deserves from the national and international media. Uh, as you always said, he's a top 20 player maybe of all time. A lot closer to that than not being in the top 100. The fact that he got left off that list and players like Jonathan Taves were put on it is just laughable to me. It would be laughable if it weren't so sad, to be honest. And I don't get fired up about stuff like that very easily. Uh, I don't fake the outrage when it comes to lists and players who aren't included in lists and power rankings and crap like that. But Evgeny Malkin deserve to be there and if Giddy Malkin deserves respect and if Giddy Malkin's not just a great Pittsburgh Penguin but he's really one of the best players of this generation and he's the player in this league that most resembles Mario Lemieux he's the player in this league who looks the most like him who plays the most like him and as Josh said when he's at the top of his game he's even better than Sidney Crosby and Alexander Ovechkin when he plays his kind of hockey he can't be stopped. He can take series over. He can take seasons over, as we're seeing right now. And for my money, he's the league's MVP. Taylor Hall, get the bleep out of here with that nonsense. Uh, Nathan McKinnon's had a great season, but get the bleep out of here with that nonsense. Colorado's not any good. Kucherov, great. But if Malkin catches him, and I think he will, then you can't give it to Kucherov. And if getting Malkin has 46 points in his last 26 games. That's 1.77 points per game. That doesn't happen in this era. And it's happening right now with Evgeny Malkin. He's that damn good. He's going to catch Kucherov. He's going to win the Art Ross Trophy and finally separate himself from Sidney Crosby. Finally be recognized for the great player that he is. Coming up next, my hottest take of the day. It is about the Flyers, so be excited for that. And we've got other crap. You're listening to The Crowley Show. Robert Morris University Colonial Hockey coming up in about 12 minutes here on ESPN Pittsburgh with Tim Benz and Mike Pursuta. Two of my favorite peeps. You can catch them on Wednesday at the Great Pittsburgh Sports Debate, which will be at Tequila Cowboy. Uh, I will be drunk. Uh, I am betting Mike Pursuta will be drunk. Tim Benz will have a couple of beers, but he's got to go to sleep. Although I don't think he ever sleeps. He is a vampire at night. He'll just be up all night writing columns. You know how Tim Benz is. So do not miss that. And do stick around and listen to their hockey game because, my God, those two are hilarious together. And I don't follow Robert Morris University Colonial Hockey, but when I tune them out, tune them in, tune... Ah! I gotta get out of here, Joe. When I tune into the games, I'm laughing every single time. It is time for the hottest take of the day. It's time for the hottest take of the day. Day, day, day. The Penguins are two-time defending Stanley Cup champs, and they shouldn't be afraid of any possible first-round matchup. But I'm convinced playing the Flyers would represent the easiest road in the first round for Pittsburgh. Despite what the standings say, 
Philadelphia simply isn't in Pittsburgh's class. I'm fighting it here, boys. It's the weekend. Mountaineer basketball tonight. I'm ready to get crunk. The Flyers have been buoyed by the loser point. They've fallen in OT or the shootout 11 times on the season. They've won exactly as many games as they've lost. The Flyers, once the hottest team in the sport, have cooled down now of late. They're marred in a five-game winless streak. What exactly do they do well? I don't think they do anything well. Philly's 13th in goals per game. They're 14th in goals against. They're 17th in power play percentage. They're 29th on the penalty kill. Those aren't the statistics of a good hockey team. Those are the statistics of a team that's mediocre. Those are the statistics of a team that's playing over its head. The Flyers have also lost each of the three matchups against the Penguins, and the Penguins have scored at least five goals in each contest. They've outscored Philly on the season 15-7. to The Devils scare me a bit. They're a year early, but they've given the Penguins some trouble. Pittsburgh owns the Capitals, but Washington still has a lot of talent, and the last two seasons, despite the Penguins beating them, despite Braden Holpe pooping down his leg, the Penguins still got a hell of a series out of the Washington Capitals. Despite recent struggles, Philadelphia's hockey team should still make the playoffs, and with any luck, they'll match up with the Penguins in the first round. That is the hottest take of the day. That was the hottest take of the day. Day, day, day. Tom, I don't know if you saved the production from yesterday for the hottest media take of the day. Did you happen to do that? Did not. Now, you didn't know to do that because this is the first time all week long we haven't had a show meeting uh, based on Brian's health and my inability to drag myself up off of my couch all hungover. So that's not on you. That's on me. And the demerit will go to me. And, in fact, I think one should go to Brian as well. But I will give the hottest media take of the day even though – we don't have the production. And that's Rich Eisen talking about them Cleveland brownies. And he said, and I quote, let me pull it up here. I'm not prepared. Eh, typical. Typical me, not ready. Typical Tom, not playing the production. Typical Joe. It's not- time for the hottest yes. media take of the day. It's not even funny. Rich Eisen says, cold take. The Browns are having a very smart, productive day. Warm take. Tyrod Taylor, Jarvis Landry, and Joe Thomas back in Cleveland with Saquon Barkley. Cleveland's making the playoffs in 2018. They won exactly zero games this year, and they won one two years ago. So for those of you out there at home who are mathematicians, that's .5 wins a season these last two years. I'm going to go with a big fat no that they're not going to make the playoffs. And, in fact, I'm going to say that they're going to struggle to win six games, even though they should be markedly better than they've been the last couple of years. That's the hottest media take of the day. That was your hottest media take of the day. It's not even funny. Pitt hasn't won a conference basketball game in 384 days. Nope. 
Coming up next, Robert Morris University Colonials Hockey. On Monday, I'm at Sensi's in Wexford, where we will be giving a bunch of shiz away. We're giving away teams that are in the NCAA tournament. Anybody who gets a team gets $10 to Sensi's. If your team wins the championship, you get to go to Myrtle Beach. It's going to be badass. It's going to be fun. We're going to make you shoot beer pong balls, and we're going to make it difficult for you. You're going to have to jump through some hoops, but it's going to be a blast. I can't wait. Sunday, my favorite day. Go Ears. Who let the dogs out? 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 Who let the